Hello and welcome to this episode of The Lorgoifs. I'm one of your hosts, Michelle. I'm A.E. And I'm Bob. And who is this on the other line? Oh my goodness, that's Elizabeth Rice, also known as Liz, also known as Ellie. Oh my goodness. Hello, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, it's so great to have you on the podcast. Um, so, Liz, you, you've definitely made a bit of a name of yourself for being a an awesome Twitter presence, as well as being an amazing human being, but also for being an up-and-coming streamer on Magic Arena, and just being an overall kick-ass person. And a recent MC competitor, is that right? Or an invitational competitor? That's true, Mm -hmm. that's true. It's a mythic championship. It was a mythic championship, but uh, next year they will be going back to mythic invitational, so... Mm-hmm. I'm going to nod and pretend like I know what that means. <laughs> Nothing. doesn't mean anything. Oh, okay. It's just a rebranding. Okay, cool. We're in a transitional right. decade. So. All right. That's fair. So that was last weekend, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was last week. Did you do well? Uh, I didn't do as well as I wanted to. I didn't make day two, which was, what, which was my goal. But I won a match. I did yeah, win games. that's fantastic. I did win games. Yes. I was playing against people who were... Much better than me. I played against Lee Tian and Jess Estefan. And yeah, it was, I mean, it was a really incredible experience for me. I'm yeah. glad that you battled and had that experience. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a really fantastic time, hopefully, even though it was really stressful. It was. Or maybe it wasn't. Oh, no, no. It was stressful. <laughs> it was weird. Um, it was more stressful uh, from the moment that the announcement came out to like media day. Like that was an extremely stressful period but then like day one of the tournament it was just I don't know I just sort of stopped I guess I just sort of like let it go I was able to kind of let it go and just enjoy what I was doing and the experience I was having so you let it go made yourself an ice palace and put on your new dress that's excellent you had yourself a real Elsa moment I'm so proud of you I did I also just as a side note I had a reverse Elsa moment because she goes from having her hair into a braid to letting her hair all free, flowy, and wonderful. But Mm -hmm. due to the weather, I had to let my beautiful curls go from being really free and beautiful to wrapped in a tight braid because humidity. Well, but Elsa also braids up her hair in the second one as well. When she gets down to business across well, the street. Yeah, when she's like, she's like, I'm, I'm going to run across the ocean. Oh my <laughs> and she God. does tie her that's, hair up. She just yeah. like pulls like, I, I, oh, that scene was so good. So, yeah. so, so good. Elsa like, confirmed, in other words. So in other words, you're Elsa. Uh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yes. I also yeah, want to go for- hide in the woods forever. <laughs> Away from civilization. <laughs> <laughs> with your cute new girlfriend. Yes, yes. with my cute girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really fantastic. Uh, maybe we'll pay you a visit. But speaking of amazing things... Mm-hmm. Yeah, before we get too deep, we should talk about our wonderful, amazing sponsor, Card Kingdom. Woo! Thank you for Woo! being an awesome sponsor throughout this last... Oh man, year and a half really helping us elevate our content. If you want to help us elevate our content, you can actually use our affiliate link, cardkingdom.com slash lorgoifs. You'll get great shipping, great prices, and uh, great customer service. And especially with the holiday season and that gift-giving time of year coming up, if you're like, oh man, what am I going to do for that advent calendar? I'm, I'm going to stick all of these really cool, tiny, awesome dice in there, and then maybe roll up some really amazing Power 9, <laughs> and then stick it in the advent... I'm just saying, like, if you want to give me an advent calendar... Uh, you'll need to make like nine days and they should all be the power nine. I'm just saying. The power nine? Just the power nine. Michelle doesn't ask for much. No, I don't ask for much, but it's the best I can do. I did just get my (laughs) box of Lumaria. Lumaria. Ah, Lumaria. Mm, Uh, They sold out. 
I know. That's so crazy. But I got one. Oh, well, they sold out? Well, they congratulations. Sold out. Well, I'm sure it was only 90% thanks to us. So oh, yeah. They, no. I'm sure they... Anyways, uh, <laughs> just like all dogs go to heaven, all our Patreons go to Nyx, which is the star stuff where you see the, in the new basic lands. And that's where our patrons are going to be reforged into gods. So I'm sure everything will go well with that, and we thank you so much. Yeah, no, we, we hope that all of our patrons out there really enjoy their new lives as uh, gods, constantly being worshipped, having temples. Yeah built to them we um, give you the demo- devotion you deserve yes uh we have all of the pips all of the the colored pips that you need and yet yeah, because you give us all the faith and and belief that that we need in order to keep this podcast going wait did we just become wooberg planeswalkers i i mean with every, insane casting costs that no one will ever play this is are, what we do for our patrons i mean we are a comedy lore podcast it's not like we're like limited resources we aren't that easy to cast <laughs> i guess i'm going to card kingdom i need to re-up my land base yeah my cruel lands will no longer get me through this <laughs> so with that out of the way today we're talking a little bit about theros because that is coming up on the horizon on the horizon let's get down to business no no no, to no, no defeat the sun yeah mostly just that one dude heliod although we just did see the trailer drop for theros beyond death which looks amazing oh the, the quality is is impressive yeah um, um, I was severely disappointed with the lack of Lincoln Park. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying that, you know, we, we don't have to necessarily even do Lincoln Park. Like, I'm just saying maybe even like um, an Evanescence, like, bring me to life would have been so good here. Ellie, have Especially- you had a chance to see this? It was released in the last 10 minutes. I may <laughs> I may or may not have Googled it just now to watch it while y'all were talking. So, so I if think, you just want to continue. Why don't we take a br- well, Let's pause here and give you the two minutes you deserve to watch this. And just imagine Evanescence in the background. I, I, won't, I, won't, I won't do up. that. I won't do that. I will, however, no, no, you, you can listen to my live reaction to this. Okay. <gasps> oh, wow. Uh, here let's on the Workwaves, an exclusive live reaction <laughs> from famed streamer Elizabeth Rice to the new Theros Beyond Death trailer. Dun dun dun. And play. Alright. This is Omino. <laughs> That's sick. Oh my goodness. This is mildly terrifying. <gasps> oh shit. Is that Elspeth? With the mask on? Yes. Yes. <laughs> No, no, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta let this experience be pure. You want Evanescence to play instead of this like sick ass war drum? I should probably not swear. Am I allowed to swear? I'll stop yeah, swearing. Totally <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I'll stop. Oh, it's a kid. such a good job, like, animation-wise. Dang. If only they put this much money into organized play. <laughs> oh! Man, look at that. That's fine. <laughs> the detail, oh. look at the detail. <laughs> oh, they just drown her? This is sick. Oh, and they come in with the strings. 
Oh my god, this is so hard. <laughs> this is the hardest trailer I've ever seen in my life. Alright. Well, I, uh, I have no choice but to stand. Yeah, yeah I, that's reasonable. I have no so, choice. So, so give us your first impressions other than, because <laughs> I'm not going to lie, uh, the first remarks you had, I was like, you know, we could probably <laughs> just take this footage and have like Liz reacts to giant meatballs on a platter. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Well, I would probably react, like, oh my God, is my belly going to fit all that? Um, <laughs> love meatballs. Uh, my first reaction is that it looks very very cool i definitely like the i don't know i like the music i liked how it was produced i really want to know what allows her to like take off the mask you know shed the whole dead thing you know because mm-hmm. like i thought like the 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 whole lore was like you know when they have those masks on and they like don't go to the underworld you know they don't have personalities anymore I'm very interested as why as to why Ashiok is all up in her business. Yeah, so my theory is that it's actually not real. You don't think Ashiok I, I is think, real? I think well no, Ashiok is is real. They're but they're also a nightmare kind of creature. Mm. So I think they're there uh messing manipulating Elspeth's undead dreams. It could be possible. I mean, so at this point, you know, um, maybe we should deviate from talking about the trailer to maybe talking a little bit more about Theros as a whole. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to, and then let's loop back to the trailer as to what it means. So Theros, as we know, it's a plane that is entirely inspired by the classic Greco-Roman myths and legends. So classic stuff. We're talking Jason and the Argonauts. We're talking Hercules. We're talking... Hydras plenty. We're talking so many Hydras. It's like, you know, some some god up there, Farica, is like, you know, she's she's making it rain Hydras. She's just yes. got a ton of Hydras in her hand. And it's like, whoop, 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 and whoop. And monstrous then, creatures plenty, yeah. And yeah. then gods with a very... Sp- specific mm. job and role. Yes, yeah, so um, you can't have the Greek myths and legends without gods because um, people like Perseus, Hercules, etc., these were demigods, and so uh, the gods had a huge role in these stories, and so it makes sense for these gods to also have big a big presence in the lives of the actual average Therosian, as it were. And so... Elspeth, as we know from last time, she this is not her home plane. Her home plane is actually Mirrodin, right? No. Oh, uh, uh, no. Elspeth is either Elspeth's from... Elspeth's from Bant. No, that's not true either. Elspeth yeah, is she... from... Prob- well, it's not actually... I don't think it's ever been spelled out. Most likely, she is from Dominaria. Most likely. Or she's from whatever plane she's from. I think she ended up on Mirrodin. Yeah, she did go to Mirrodin and to Bant. She's, yeah, she did go to... She, Bant is like where she got um, her, She, her, I think, a lot of her philosophy. Yeah, her knighthood. She, she planes, the first place she planes walked to Bant. It's possible she's from Mirrodin, but I don't think so. I'm pretty sure she's not. So she planes walked first from like wherever she was being held by Phyrexians to Bant. And then she, I think she ended up... Actually, she does go back to Dominaria, or she goes to Dominaria... She's been to Theros, and I think she's been to, um... What am I missing? Is it... So it doesn't seem like we know exactly where she's from. No, we don't know. Uh, We have no idea where she's actually from, but she is very connected to... Like, she visited Theros once as a kid, Mm -hmm. and then um, fought... And then when she 
planes walked like more formally. She actually ended up on Bant and then joined up with a Johnny and Koth and mm-hmm. uh, to free Karn and Venser to free Karn during the whole new Mirrodin situation, uh, not right. new Phyrexia slash Mirrodin situation, and was forced to planeswalk away by Koth, who basically locked her up in a big stone trap that like held her in place and so with the oncoming phyrexian spattering through the door literally like coming towards her uh wounding her in the process she ended up with one desperate wish um planeswalking to theros finally where she ended mm-hmm. up at a temple of Ferica, the god of basically medicine and poison which is a pretty darn metal if you ask me so like gideon is it fair to say that she's a guilt-ridden character who never has come to terms with her trauma? Uh, very much. I don't it's, know if yeah. guilt well, is um, the right word for it. But I, I think, um, unlike Gideon, who I think is is constantly consumed with the idea of penance or, like, who wants to die, I don't think Elspeth necessarily wants to die. I think she just wants to find peace within herself. I mean, that's that was sort of, like, the biggest thing for her and that wasn't really necessarily death right because even when she was confronted with the option for peace when Erebos tempted her during her final ordeal before facing off with the Xenagos she chose not to because she wanted to do the right thing so um, I think what is interesting about Elspeth though is that even though she's very similar to um, Gideon there are some key differences I think. Well, yeah, because she sparked off for being tortured, not not losing all of her friends not to uh, all of her friends. hubris. Yeah, yeah. So I actually just looked it up. I just googled it. I didn't know a lot about her, but her job was essentially she was a plaything for failed Phyrexian morphs mm-hmm. to try and keep them sane and from running amok on Phyrexian worlds. Yep. And so she's not the kind of person who seeks to lead in that way. I mean, she became a leader almost out of necessity. She's not like Gideon on Zendikar, for example. Gideon took charge, created the army, put together um, all of the allies and the remaining population of Zendikar for that one final rally, like at Seagate and, and whatnot. She was in a position to do good things, like defeat Pelucranos, which was the one of the giant, the big Hydra that like when when Farica dropped that one, it made a huge thud because um, it was just so monstrous. It was so monstrous, but it wasn't really what she intended to do. She sort of ended up always just doing the right thing because it was the right thing to do at the time. So. She's on a quest to find a place to find peace, mm-hmm. where Gideon was looking to find peace within. Well, redemption. Well, redemption with, through redemption mm-hmm. and self-sacrifice and saving of others. So there is a lot of trauma there. I mean, in many ways, I kind of feel like maybe that's just a common thing with white planeswalkers when you think about it, Johnny. It's kind of a common thing with planeswalkers in general. <laughs> That's true. But the way that um, white planeswalkers, I think, tend to exhibit this seems seems pretty similar on the surface, but when you delve a little deeper, it is, it is a little more nuanced than that. So yeah, Elspeth looks like she's coming back. If she looks weird, that's because she doesn't have her cloak anymore. A Johnny has it. A <laughs> <laughs> Johnny's gonna have to make an appearance just to be like, "I got your cloak still. I thought you were dead." Mm-hmm. No, Glad no to see you're I was. Alive. I was. One Thanks, Johnny. Friend. Yeah. Now I was kind of cold. Oh, sorry. Here you go. Here's a big Leonin hug with my big Leonin grin. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm, I'm giving him a very, very decidedly Leonin male hug. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but kind of going back on Elspeth's journey, though, when she first arrived on Theros, she, like we mentioned before, she wasn't really looking to lead. She wasn't looking to become a hero. She had these duties kind of thrust upon her out of necessity. There's that whole Shakespearean quote, it's like, greatness, you are either born to it, you either, like, find it or you have it thrust upon you and then she's she's definitely the last one and so she was chosen by heliod to be his champion because that's what gods like to do they like to find mortals that resonate with them on some level or maybe it's like i don't know some weird kind of betting game i I, gods are gods of theros are are pretty fickle Um, yeah he made her put on yellow cross garters he didn't treat her very well he didn't he didn't treat her very well but he did give her godsend and imbued it with uh, the the magic and the power it needed to slay things. However, he became aware of another planeswalker that came onto Theros, a certain satyr who was from Theros, but decided to like go. Uh, I don't know. Party too hard. The party got shut down. He was disappointed. He sparked and left for a little while. He left for a little while, and then he was like, "Oh man, no one parties like they party on Theros." Apparently. Um, Zendikar doesn't party as hard as Theros. Ravnica doesn't even know what that means. On Theros, you have the best parties. And so he came back, realized he could manipulate the, um, the magic of the plane to turn him into a god. And he was a supervillain. As I recall, he killed his parents or brothers or something. I don't know, maybe all the above. It, it was, he was kind of he like... He partied this, pretty hard. He partied... Imagine partying so hard. You kill lots of people. Yes. It's just kind of... It's like... It's like Burning Man gone terribly, it terribly sounds wrong. Sounds like an everyday occurrence for Rakdos. That's true, but Rav- fortunately, <laughs> Ravnica's uh, g- Ravnica doesn't have gods anymore, and that's not how their magic works. So, eh. it is kind of nice though that Theros is is hilariously the place where you can party so dang hard you become a god. And this appears to be like the secret sauce on Theros as to how you become an actual god. It's implied through this process that the gods that are now here, um, some of them may have been mortal before. And so Heliod in particular takes great offense to this. He's like, dude, I knew we didn't have a red green god, but like, I didn't want you. I didn't want like the incarnation of LMFAO up in our DA, up in our like pantheon. This is not what I, this is not what I signed up for. Files a noise violation complaint. Like, Yeah, Heliod's basically your grumpy Elspeth, next door neighbor. Yeah, go, go, go stop <laughs> this noisy neighbor. So he tasks her, um, he thinks, it's, so first of all, he says, this is your fault because you're also a planeswalker. And as another planeswalker, I'm just going to make a whole bunch of assumptions here and say this is your fault and the only dick move number two yeah and so i'm gonna task you with like you want to make it up to me you go you go shank that dude so she did (laughs) it was epic (laughs) and then um she came back and he was like well crap this shows that you can kill a god we can't have that i kill you godly dick move number three yes these definitely come in threes and then he told a Johnny who was hanging out with her at the time, like, oh, you got to get her down, down to the mortal world so that way Erebos can take her to the underworld. And so that's where she has been for a while, as far as we can know. You know, Elspeth's story sounds a lot like Avicen's story. <laughs> How so? You're created, you're empowered. You stab a couple things, <laughs> I unmake you. <laughs> that is an aggressive comparison. That's... <laughs> 
That is aggressive. They, they, they both have they both have big spears. That's true. One of them Ellie, was how insane. How do you feel about this? <laughs> one of them did go insane. One of that them one was not lost else. their freaking mind and started killing everybody. Yes, one of them directly got it got like corrupted by the magic version of Cthulhu. And Whereas Elspeth did what her god told her to do, and he's like, mm, "You shouldn't have listened to me." Bam. Well, it was really more just like this whole. Th- I don't know what's up. I mean, Heliod, it seems like the gods were, by the end of the last time we saw Theros, were divided, right? Because Heliod and his ilk were like, this was no bueno. And the other gods were like, what is up with you? And then meanwhile, Krufix is like, whoa, the multiverse. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, because you have the five the five major ones, and those are our monocolor gods, right? Like, mm-hmm. like Heliod, Theros... Or not Theros. Um, Thassa. He, he, Thassa. Thassa. That's the one I was looking for. Perforos, Nylea, and Erebus. Perforos is not a god. Perforos is a menace. Yeah, um, a demon. <laughs> so that's your original set. And then the, the Ascended set are your uh, Maybe we don't even pairs. list all of them. But yeah, they're all but, there. Uh, sorry, that's what I was getting at. Okay. It's, it's the color pairs that you have the second like nature and Heliod. Those are the ones Heliod's not kind of a fan of. Now, yeah. I don't think Heliod likes anyone. God, but have, those are the, the gods that he's so to be clear like, actually let's talk about this a little bit because heliod is a a, a, a white color identity yeah he's god, monocolored but he's clearly just a horrible person like this is well let's just say a person we really want to see smited by elspeth being a dick is not a attribute on the color pie no no a- it could anybody be, of any yeah. color can do it yeah it's it's important to remember that Anyone on the color pie can be a villain, and I think there's a misconception because uh, the color of white has heroes like Elspeth in it, which we typically associate with good the good guys, the good girls, the heroines. But it also has these just monstrous people full of glowing with pride and who uh, cast spells like Wrath of God and just terrible magic. And Armageddon. And, yeah, unfun yeah. cards all around. So. Yeah. You also have characters like Bon. Bon is obviously not a good guy. Or at least we, pers- again, we're, we're assigning sort of moral systems to these things. I mean, but- Elishnorn. No, like Elishnorn. I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense, though, that you get the particular, like the kinds of villains you get from whites are ones that are, it's like order at any cost. And so, I mean, I think you're right in saying that, yeah, any anybody from the color pie can be a villain. I just think white in particular, their villains are of a, are of a certain vein, of a certain kind, and, like, Heliod kind of fits it as well. Yeah, because he perceives there to be, like, an order, mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of a big thing within Greek mythology as well that kind of translated beautifully to this whole conflict. You know, we've got the gods, we've got the monocolored gods, and then we got the, the two-colored gods, and then we've got heroes, and then we've got everybody else, and then there's monsters. And then there's like the the people with the masks, the returned, and everybody has to stay in their place. Oh, um, that, and is the, that is the most infuriating thing about well, white uh, antagonists, because not mm-hmm. only are they do terrible things, but they're also snooty about it, and they pretend as if they're doing things fairly, like, like the card Wrath of God. If you cast that, you're like, look, it's perfectly fair. Everyone's creatures die, and then of course I didn't have any creatures because my i'm playing control deck so it feels very unfair even though there's a pretense that it that it is fair or say they're playing an indestructible creature and then they cast wrath of god they're continuing the status quo and what they're doing is kind of lawful and hits everyone equally but 
you can tell that when they kill all 10 of your elves or all 10 of my baby slivers, it's, <laughs> it's, it is unfair, it is wrong, and it is infuriating. But the thing about... It just makes me livid. But, but the thing about white, Same. too, like white villains, is that they sincerely believe that this is the best thing for the, yep. the, the whole. Like, yeah. they are the epitome of the phrase, the greater good. The greater good. Um, and... Like when you, for example, we see Heliod, of course, wanting to keep people in their place. But I think a more classic, easier villain to maybe pick apart is Elish Norn. She and her her faction on New Phyrexia end up becoming the dominant group on New Phyrexia, and I think that's because White has a very broad mindset as to like how everyone should fit in into that group. And so even though it's a very classist way of looking at things, it's also weirdly like not entirely exclusive, right? Like it has a place in their mind for everyone to be in. And for a lot of people, you know, they can kind of look at that and think like, oh, there's something comforting about, you know, I'm not necessarily the 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 highest rank here, but at least I have a place in this society. And so maybe that's one of the reasons why they do that. Also, it's just really, White is really good at mobilizing a lot of people to do one thing. And I think mm-hmm. that is one of the reasons why Heliod is so influential because um, he's got this giant base of believers, including Elspeth herself, who are willing to do what it takes in order to keep the peace and keep the order. Yeah, it's just this whole idea of uh, control through order. Like, Elspeth knows her place, the person below Elspeth knows their place, but they also know Elspeth's place. Mm-hmm. Like, it's that whole knowing not just where you belong, but where everybody's belong, just this kind of blind acceptance. And, and it is a peace of some kind, right? Like, peace, it does sound nice, but sometimes peace isn't necessarily the answer. Let's put it this way. It's easy to root against a boss who kills his subordinate for doing what he asked her to do. True. I actually, this happened when I was just getting back into magic in a serious way in 2014. I was interviewed by Erin Campbell on the Deck Tease Comp podcast, so this is history at this point but she asked me what i thought of elspeth getting murked by her boss heliod and she mentioned that some people in the community were not happy with this i mean this is a beloved character who gets killed for because of the god doesn't believe that mortals should be able to kill gods i was definitely unprepared for the question at the time and i didn't know what to say except that i assumed i i, I was assuming like hey no, nbd she's probably coming back but it took five whole years and to those who looked up to her character in the story and her as a uh, as a woman leader, this seemed like quite the blow. And I wasn't fully aware, didn't appreciate it at the time, but sending this character to the underworld in this way seems pretty serious to me. Well, I mean, it does reflect a lot of what women do metaphorically. Many women do get stabbed in the back by their male bosses within a corporate <laughs> setting. <laughs> so, gotta say, like, A-plus relatable content for me, but... So I did not play for Theros. Neither did I, actually. So I, I was not playing. I was on one of my sabbaticals. But I, I have gone back and read the Theros story. I actually think the murdering of of Elspeth is, is actually a very powerful moment. Mm-hmm. And I don't... I'm one of those people that I don't mind when a character I like gets murked in a good way. And I don't think her character was robbed, thankfully. Like, it, so, it's, it's bad because obviously Helio's got a superiority complex, mm-hmm. which it was written very well mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. was portrayed well. 
I'm interested, though, to see what happens um, going forward. And so I think we'll talk a little bit about what we might be able to expect in the upcoming Beyond Death I guess after a quick break, we did get a new sponsor. So that's pretty fun. Um, I think Elspeth herself is involved in this one, which is pretty astonishing considering she just came back from the dead. I mean, girls got to work, I guess, uh, right away. So <laughs> got to pay them bills. Got to pay them bills. She comes back. She's like, oh, man, I haven't paid utilities in five years. I uh, got to get me some work. <laughs> so with that, we will be right back. Here on Theros, we have a magic fueled by belief. If your passion is true, and your devotion is strong, anything is possible. Even you can become a god. Or at least so it was. Now thanks to Heliod's new edict number 54, subsection 231. No new gods, no way, no how, not ever. Becoming an immortal will just get you killed. That's why Elspeth's new anti-god hubris insurance is here to help you. Man, I love making beautiful pots. Wow, they are divine. You were born for this, Potter Thios. Oh, thanks, friend. Wait, wait, no, no, I can see stars in my shadow. No, no, I don't want to be a god of pottery, no! Fear not, I got this! Ha! Oh, nice stab to my left thigh. Oh, that'll teach me to have too much pride. Whew! Thanks, Elspeth. You're welcome, humble potter. Wow! Installing stove Theus! You're amazing! No, you are godlike at installing stoves! Ha! Thanks! Wait, oh, oh no. Oh no! You've got some glitter in your nose. That's the stars of Nyx! No! On it! Kya! Oh! Elspeth, thank you. You just sliced off my right ear. Oh, that's that's super awesome of you. And thanks for keeping me from being the new god of home stove installations. That anti-god hubris insurance plan is amazing. Don't mention it. Don't let your passions deify you and get you killed. Get anti-god hubris insurance today at the low, 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 low price of just 500 drachmas to a temple of Heliod near you. I mean, does this mean I should take down my Instagram, do you think? Like, I don't want to become a, like, Potter Theos. <laughs> true. A lot I, of those Instagram influencers. But God bless them. Does do- this mean, like, Kylie Jenner will become, like, the, the god of Instagram filters? She's just going to cast auras that make your, your creatures more aesthetically appealing? I think Honestly, she's the goddess of all- lip kits. Oh, she is the goddess of lip kits. Of when lip she kits. enters the battlefield, if you have enough devotion, you can put lip kit counters on, on people. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. When when the sponsor came through, I actually wasn't sure. So I had some leftover Xenos from our trips to Ravnica, mm. and they took them just like drachma. Oh, that's nice. So you so. you've got uh, you've got the uh, hubris insurance, the anti god hubris insurance. I'm good. Oh wow, that's so great. I need to like sign up for this stuff because I I don't want Heliod coming after me. I've only that, been that stabbed once. For Let him god come. Of salt. <laughs> so hubris. An- hubris another hubris. character we saw is Ashiok in the trailer, and uh, yes. uh, Ashiok had an appearance uh, on Theros initially. They had this scheme to kind of harness this devotion-like mechanism, but use nightmares to create a god of nightmares. Named Uh, Cacophony! Their uh, beautiful plan was foiled. And uh, we mentioned this briefly in the past. It's possible that, although they're referred to as they, they might actually not be non binary they may just have their gender concealed 
that's how it kind of was in the past. It's possible Wizards of the Coast will change that to make them officially non-binary. It's not that they're non-binary. I shouldn't even say they because they don't use... I, I believe Mark Rosewater said that Ashok doesn't even have pronouns. Yeah, Ashok, Ashok is, is Ashok. actually like has well, my no gender. Then. It is a little bit strange. It, it is actually weird for like linguistically, I guess. Because like this isn't how our language functions. We use pronouns for a reason because it's easier i guess for simplicity so to not to have a character that doesn't have pronouns i think is a little odd we almost like want to defect to what both makes sense and is correct which would be i guess the closest thing is they but it's just not accurate in this case but yeah it's not accurate thank you for correcting me um ellie no problem. Uh, but it ashiok is a nightmare connoisseur and i think Ashok is an interesting character because of their mystery for the mm-hmm. most part. They just doesn't doesn't feel obligated to reveal a gender to reveal much about themselves at all. I mean, Ashiok's, their eyes. I mean, Ashiok's upper face is completely missing. I mean, they've got some rad horns and some crazy like I don't know if they're just like burning like charcoal briquettes or like incense or something in there. <laughs> the first time I saw um, Ashiok's face, I was like. It reminded me of my days as an altar server when I was back in Catholic school. One of the things that we would do is like purify the altar with an incense burner. And I was like, oh my goodness, it's like that. And then I had a weird image of myself with an incense burner shaped like Ashiok's head. Yeah. And then I was like, that's really weird, Michelle. Don't do that. And real metal. So what sort of smell would the incense be that's burning? Oh, the incense of Ashiok. Oh my goodness. If Probably gym there, bags and smelly feet. No, I don't I think I was that's... actually thinking a combination of like frankincense, but something a little bit darker and like a little bit dank. I, I like a, something that smells a little like rotten underneath. Like, I don't know how else, like, like maybe like really old blood. I'm not really sure how else to describe it because it's nightmares, right? Yeah. But unlike say the Golgari that I would, I would describe to have like more, naturally like rotting plant vegetable smells i think ashiok would have like the smell of like steel or like something metal mm-hmm. mixed in with that frankincense An acetone sting what how what do you think would smell like ellie i'm actually kind of with michelle here my thought is like actually like burning metal and maybe something else but if i'm being true to the character i would imagine that if Ashiok was to give off a scent that that scent would be be something subjective to the person sensing it so it would be like their nightmare so like the worst scent that you can imagine that's like maybe it freaks you out maybe it's tied to a particular like trauma that you had I think that is how Ashiok would smell not the giant socks again ah, yeah. <laughs> not the giant socks are chasing me <laughs> do we know it actually doesn't have a smell it's actually just Pure adrenaline. Yeah. That as you breathe it in, just oh, sets just all like, of your emotions oh, that alight. Would be sick. It's like the opposite of pheromones. And I'm actually curious as if that is Ashiok's true form, because I I not. often just like, kind of like wonder like, is this Ashiok's form or is it something that is just projected like an illusion? Like they can make nightmares, which are yeah, in a way kind of illusions. Maybe maybe Ashiok like projects an image of like something horrifying. I don't know. I think you're right, Ellie. I think this is a a concealment on Mm -hmm. Ashiok's part. And I also think it's a great idea that they would cust, that Ashiok would customize their, uh, 
it is hard. To no, not it is. Use it is. It is really hard. Yeah, I. I uh, but up. I think I, I. I like what you said that Ashok would make a specific scent as a specific nightmare for every person. Mm-hmm. That's high level nightmare engineering. So yes, I actually have a theory because of the way that the magic works on Theros, and I. I, I believe this is where Ashok is was formed. No, no, no. Ashiok mm-hmm. is from a completely different plane and decided decided to come to Theros because of the unique way dreams and beliefs become reality. Either way, I still I don't actually believe that Ashiok is actually anything more than the thought behind Ashiok. Oh, is so like in the same I don't way that the guys... gods are gods. Exactly. So if people were just to say, forget about Ashiok and Nobody like like that movie Coco. Yeah. When like when movie people Coco. forget, they just kind of we need to put Ashiok on the offender. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I can well believe that Ashiok gains power from the fear of nightmares. So uh, seriously, they don't put Ashiok on your offender. I don't think any of your ancestors would want to be next to Ashiok um, <laughs> on, on their family altar. It's just not cool. Totally gonna do it right next to don't, my mom. No, don't. <laughs> I, mm, she might have a problem with that. I don't know. That's okay. I don't like. In the, in the, okay. I'm, like, right. I'm just imagining <laughs> Ashiok in like the. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we won't go into that. Just Ella. imagine Ashiok hanging out in the, around like the beautiful, beautiful marigold like bridge of the afterlife in Coco. <laughs> Actually, oh my gosh, that would be amazing. Do put Elspeth on your friend though. That would totally make sense. Ellie, what are you looking forward to in this next set? Uh, lore wise or card mechanic wise? Probably lore wise. That would make sense. This is a lore podcast, I hear. We try. Yeah, we we, we do try. (laughs) Normally, I don't don't tend to like uh, white characters, not, I'm referring to their mana source, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, Uh, Either way. (laughs) (laughs) Just to be clear, I don't really find them like that interesting but Elspeth I find really interesting because her like it just seems like from from the moment she escaped like from the Phyrexians her journey has always been about kind of getting out of the darkness like the trauma that surrounds her and she's been kind of riddled through her life with being very much disappointed that she hasn't been able to really find it I'm curious to see because like obviously now this she was murdered by a god she's going to come back from that. So I'm curious to see how she ends up on the other side. Cause I think I'm interested to see her journey of like trying to like refine like her faith. Cause this is like a test of like her faith, her belief in like a higher power, which is really constantly being tested. But I'm very curious to see how she comes out on the other side. Is she more focused on like a higher power or does she find that maybe in like a community as opposed to, a metaphysical thing, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Does she like, you know, cause obviously she's going to have, you know, she has scars from this. She has scars from a lot of her journey, but I'm just interested in how that really affects her like character at the end of this. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if how her relationship with Heliod actually opens up. So he, we've, we've seen the name of the card. Yeah. Uh, son's so. nemesis. And so yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, get him. Th- we know that, she stays mono white, but is revenge really a mono white thing? Well, it might not be so revenge I, though. That's a thing. I don't know. I don't. I don't think that 
she is going to get back at Heliod because she feels a sense of revenge. However, when we look at her spear, it is dark. Yeah, yeah it is. It is. is Erebos's spear. Uh, well, I, yeah, that's the thing. I'm wondering if, because Erebos was like all all up in like Elspeth's business. He was like, yes, I finally have her for myself. Yes, I have the uh, the best champion ever. Ah. The story is creepy AF. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, that could just be my interpretation of how Erebos sounds like. Maybe he sounds like really fun. He's like, he's like, uh, oh, yes, I've got Elspeth now. <laughs> no, there's not really. Wait, Bob, how do you? Bob, Not how really. do you think Erebos Ar- sounds? Even if I got Tom how Hanks to voice Erebos, he would still be creepy. Yeah. Do the Mickey Mouse voice. <laughs> ha-ha. Ha-ha. Hi, Elizabeth. I'm glad you've come to join me down here in the underworld. <laughs> we're going to play all the games, and, and we're going to we're run around with all those poor children, and, and just have a jolly old good time. I've got a <laughs> game for you. It's called Pushing Up This Boulder, and then it goes back down again, and then we push it back up, and it just keeps going back down. Okay, um, headcanon, Elspeth, uh, Elspeth and Erebos, their interaction is basically Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Uh, Fine with uh, it. So, the thing that's still getting me is that we actually don't know what Theros' story is going to look like. If we're going to get it, how it's going to be, are we getting a novel, are we getting stories, are we just going to get a Planeswalker's Guide? Like, I, I think, I think Watsy's a little scared. I think War of the Spark was such a bad thing that, like, they're kind of... I think they're rethinking their announcements here. I It is but. weird, though, because uh, when we looked at Eldraine, the Wildered Quest was announced well in advance mm-hmm. of Eldraine's release, about three months or so, three to four months. So I, I really don't know if they decide not to have story or if they decide to do story in a completely different way. Um, I expect that should be announced soon. We are um, only a month and a half away from release pretty much at this point and for all of the vortices out there this particular arc is one of the most significant in magic story like of all time and now we've, we talk about you know like the weatherlight saga and like the brothers war and things like that but honestly the way that they built the story for theros and elswith in particular was incredibly monumental i don't think they're going to drop it but I really hope that they continue that legacy of treating this with significance as they did back when they... Uh, we just want to see the same respect, too, at the same yes, time. definitely. So we will see what happens. And I, I am a little bit worried, but at the same time, there's just so much to build upon. Um, we, we will see how things go. One well, of the tragic things of Elspeth's story is that she did find a moment of happiness and true love with Daxos. Mm-hmm. Of Melitus, is that, am I remembering yeah, that? Yeah, he was from Miletus. I remember in Thor- Theros Limited, he beat me up quite a few times. And uh, and then we saw him, what is it? Um, Daxos yeah. returned when yeah. he left the underworld and presumably left Elspeth back there in searching for her on the surface and... And what the problem was is that we haven't had very many good romances in Magic. Unfortunately, not much has changed. But uh, yeah, at the time, that was one of the few good romances, and it was it was murdered. Well, we can't have our heroes be happy in a fulfilled relationship. That might erase all of their trauma. And it, <laughs> because uh, because romantic relationships automatically do that, don't you know? <laughs> so I would like to see Heliod get 
slashed. I would like to see him get cut by uh, Elspeth. I would also like to see some her resolve her trauma in some way, and I would like to see some actual love, which is lasting in relationship in magic. Period. Like mm-hmm. at, at the time, it was one of the few ones, and they got killed. I don't know if we've had a good relationship since then. Not really. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've had. Fra- I mean, Frasca and Jace. They're they're group. They broke up. Uh, I call. still believe in, in Huatli Sahili right. deeply in Speaking my heart. Speaking of Vraska and Jace, <laughs> I did write a fan fiction. So you can find that on Twitter <laughs> and on my website. So uh, I wrote a fan fiction because to me, the Forsa- uh, War of the Spark, Forsaken, read like a fan fiction, which was not written by fans. So I decided to, I might as well write one myself. <laughs> there is one kind of good relationship we have. It's not a, a lover's relationship, but we do have uh, Rowan and Will. We Which do is have, this really interesting they sibling have a good, relationship. They have a good relationship, I think. Yeah, they that do. Is true. They do support each other. Basically, all yeah, the uh, Wizard Quest contains are uh, some good relationships. Yeah, if they can do, They're, if wizards can do um, this story the way that they did Wildered Quest, even though like there are still some things with that story, I was kind of like, eh, all right, I'll just, uh, I'll just, we'll just let this go. Um, if they can, uh, do that with this, I would be happier. Like, I don't actually mind paying for novels, but what you're not finna do is make me pay for a novel of the quality of War of the Spark. Like, I'm just not gonna do it. So, mm-hmm. I don't... Yeah, I don't I'm need to be paid to be offended. Yes. <laughs> I'm just I don't, like, I, I'm so I don't not. have to... Yeah, no, that that's not just the use of grammar. I, I just... The, the <laughs> random capitalization, I just... Grammar with an ER. I'm so upset. Um, <laughs> on, a, on a lighter note, because we, we've kind of talked, beaten that horse to a death, uh, there's a little bit of good news with the return of Theros, and that is the uh, return of a, a esteemed cosplayer, uh, Christine Sprankle. Yeah. Yes. I'm excited to see back in in the rungs. I know, AE, you wanted yeah, to... I did want to mention this. I think there's probably no greater an Elspeth advocate than Christine Sprankle. I attended... Magic Worlds in 2011 between getting crushed in well not crushed but one of the games I died to Army of the Damned and got knocked out of a PTQ that way in Innistrad Limited and I did see Christine Sprankle noted her I think I probably took a picture of her as many people did her the response was overwhelmingly positive and she had just decided to cosplay this character because that's what she did in her other fandoms perhaps not even appreciating that she would be the first person to actually do this at a major Magic Card event and as I said, the reception was overwhelmingly positive. And uh, when we returned to Innistrad many years later, she was instrumental in marketing that as Avis in the Purifier. She played a major role there, and I fully expect her to play a major role of uh, kind of being the face of Elspeth in this new set when she demos, let's see, is it this weekend? Uh, yeah, Command Fest DC. She's likely going to cosplay as Elspeth again, which will have already happened by the time this is released. And I think it is important to acknowledge that when she started cosplaying in 2011, she was one of the few highly prominent uh, women in the game, highly visible. And there's a lot of great cosplayers nowadays, but likely that might not have happened if she hadn't kind of set the groundwork for them in those early years and there's and also possibly there's a lot more women representation in the game overall because she was so prominent in the game and so visible certainly i would not have thought of to do cosplay at all if not for christine sprankle so i wanted to thank her and acknowledge that she was really a groundbreaker 
in a lot of ways for the game. Yeah, I think that's well said. And I, I think it's always important that when we talk about people like Christine Sprinkle and the way that she had to leave magic and the reasons why, just be kind to one another. That's all I'm going to say there. Like, we are a community. We should be accepting of who people want to be as long as they're not hurting others. And and just open and welcoming and in here to enjoy a game of, of cardboard and sometimes digitalness. Yeah, what Bob is referring to is she was she left the community in 2017, which was her prerogative because of trolls. Uh, certainly, that was a serious blow to the game, and that's why we cannot tolerate bigotry in the game because we lose good people like Christine Sprankle. But it says a lot to her strength and the strength of the community that do support her, that she is able to feel safe enough to return. And I hope that she thrives, and I will certainly do everything I can in order to make that happen. And I do want to mention that, um, thanks in part to her, there's now a vibrant community of cosplayers. There are many excellent cosplayers now, including Ellie of the Veil. Thank you for cosplaying as well and wearing your imagination on your sleeve. Oh, okay. And cosplay. Yeah. Awesome. So with that, I think we're going to go ahead and, and wrap things up a little bit. Any final thoughts? actually didn't like Theros as a mechanic. Like Theros mechanics. This is probably a bad well, time Well, you're to certainly admit that. not alone in that. They I'm, were a very much an acquired flavor. That's true. Um, I'm so excited for heroic. I'm so God. excited for heroic. You play Feather. Of course feather, you are. Feather no. is my bay. I no. am so excited. Um, actually, I am ex- I'm interested um, in them, like, lore-wise. I'm really excited for them to continue to explore the idea of, like, uh, what like a false godhood because in a way all of the theros gods are there's a level of deceit about them in the sense that like people believe the widespread knowledge is including the gods themselves think that they came first you know they were the chicken the people were the eggs but in fact not so much i really like that they're gonna use elspeth i hope they can use her to kind of explore that because I can see her rising up against a false order. So I'm mm. very interested to see that challenged. Yes, throw down the patriarchy pantheon. That's right. <laughs> Get them. There are a lot of things about this continuing story that I am interested in. Ashok's one of my favorite characters, if not my most favorite character. And there's nothing I want more than to see Elspeth cut down that god Heliod. However, previously after the War Spark, I asked for substantive change in the magic story team to have confidence in going forward. And we certainly Mm -hmm. haven't seen any actual structural change. So I'm presented with a scenario where there's a high probability that I'll go into the story really wanting to love it and it will just be terrible. I'll get stabbed in the back again like Elspeth. So I've made the decision that although it is important to continue to call out Wizards of the Coast whenever they misstep, and which has been a lot recently, that's not something I need in my life. I'm doing a lot of that outside the game of Magic, and I don't need this on top of everything else. So I've decided to step back from this story, and I will not be recording weekly on the Lorgwives anymore. As, as sorry as I am to miss out on that, sorry as I am to miss out the potential of these stories, decided that's what's best for me. I will continue to listen to the podcast, and I hope continue to do great work holding Wizards of the Coast accountable whenever they misstep. And that does need to be done, but I felt like it's not something that I was in a position to do. Also, probably playing less magic overall, although I will still be playing some. Well, we will be sorry to see you go, hey, that's for sure. Um, But we wish you all the best, and hopefully your concerns will be addressed um, in the near future. If that's the case, I'll be happy to re-immerse myself in the world Mm -hmm. in the multiverse. 
Gotcha. Well, Ellie, where can we find you? Oh, you can find me on the Twitterverse at Ellie of the Veil. It is spelled E-L-I of the Veil. Mm -hmm. Eli of the Veil. I was thinking in Spanish, so Ellie. That's correct. (laughs) That is where that that is where that nickname comes from. So uh, my bad. I wasn't thinking about you anglicized people. Nah, that's cool. It's hard. It's hard. <laughs> uh, and then nah, you, can, cool. you can also find me on uh, Twitch at Ellie of the Veil as well. There's some underscores somewhere. <laughs> Fair enough. But we can find you on Twitter and you usually post about your streams there, right? So I we do can, we can come I find indeed. you. You can. Yeah. So if you're looking for someone to follow, uh, someone who is up and coming and really fantastic to watch, definitely check out Ellie's streams. She's wonderful and fantastic thanks thank you so much for joining us Ellie. thanks for having me yeah, thank, thank you, you so much yeah so next week we're going to be talking about winter festivals and how they're different across the different planes mm-hmm. so if you have an, a specific plane you want us to talk about or something along those lines uh, go ahead and shoot us a tweet so we know which planes to to talk about they're either christmas-esque winter solstice hanukkah-like festivals so with that <laughs> Again, thank you, Ellie, for uh, visiting us today. But we are going to head out. And yeah, and uh, our, so, next, our yeah. last episode will be next week. Our last episode, last of, the episode year. of the year. Yeah, next week, which is exciting but also scary. And with that, um, thank you all so much, and thank you, Crow Card Kingdom, for again being a wonderful sponsor. Um, thank you to our patrons on Patreon for supporting us through thick and thin. Uh, we will see what Theros brings us in the new year. I'm one of your hosts, Michelle. I'm Ae, and I'm Bob. And we out. Bye, Ellie. Uh, uh, bye. It's cool bye. Too. <laughs> bye. Okay, bye. Yeah, now I get that line. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, pause. Yeah. I mean, get out of here. Doug, my husband came in and was like, hey, did you see this thing? And I'm like, uh, we're still recording, my dude. But he didn't want us to miss it. Yeah, we're I, almost wrapping up here. That is that is the one we saw, though, right? No, no, no. It's a completely different thing. It looks we'll like a new one, after. but we'll, oh, okay. we'll get it next Sorry, time. Sorry, Yosh. Doug! Every, every couple has a, uh, a Lumiere and a Cogsworth. <laughs> Did you just call me a French candle? Hey, that I, might be I am the French candle in my relationship. I'm just saying. Wow. Oh, I thought you were talking about our relationship. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm the French candle there, too. <sighs> I think. I'm the grumpy clock guy. You're way more sensible than me, Bob. You're way more sensible than me. I'm just, I I see people and I fling my my two candle arms wide and I want to hug them and feed them gray stuff. It's delicious. I'm hungry. That sounds really suspicious outside of context. (sighs) Kind of does, but I was going to let you have it. I was just going to let you have it. (laughs) 
eat gray stuff, Liz. No. Eat all this gray stuff. I don't. I don't know about that. I don't. I don't know about that. <laughs> so, fun fact: at Disney World, when you go to the Beauty and the Beast dining, like fine dining section, fine quote unquote dining section, yes, they do have gray stuff. It's literally called the gray stuff on the menu. Nope, don't and like that. Rumbly in my tumbly. Has Do it now. <laughs> That's a. Actually, just realized it's a Winnie the Pooh reference. <laughs> Oops. Okay. All right. All those half a lumps and woozles, man. Why look at that? Installing dot stoves dot thighs. Hey, Greek is wow. a hard language. Greek. <laughs> <laughs> have a little respect for the this common Greek name, Alan. Okay. Ooh, I have simple okay. lines. I make weird noises. I stab people. Yeah, you this got is, this covered. Yeah, no, we. I, I figured you would have fun. Yeah. Don't let your passions defy you or get you killed. Deify you. Oh, deify. That's an easy mistake. That makes more sense. How you doing, Ellie? I don't like giving dicks bad names. Weird weird saliva happening right now. (laughs) I'm so sorry about that. The way you just sighed. The way you just sighed. Oh, I should probably stop recording. Okay.